What's up, tribe? I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And this is Good Moms Bad Choices Podcast. Beach! Season two. If you joined us for season one, you got 300 uncensored episodes. But things are a little different in 2024. Not only are we having new guests, new segments, but we're going outside, y'all. We're getting out of our studio and podcasting in the wild. So make sure you check us out on YouTube to see where we're headed next. This podcast is for all the good moms, all the good dads. And even y'all who ain't got no kids, pull up. Join us in season two as we deep dive into even more uncensored topics like love, sex, dating, and just look at this as the ultimate group chat. All the shit you're afraid to say out loud or even try, we say it and do it for you. Because nothing's off limits here. This is a judgment-free zone to show up exactly as you are. And let's be honest, we've all made a few bad choices. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy hump day, bitches. What it do is hump day. We're two episodes away from ending our season. I know. It's so weird. I know. I don't even know, what to th- I don't even know how to feel. You guys, our season is ending. I can't believe it. It went by so fast. And that means you won't have access to us unless you're on Patreon. This season is ending in one more episode. And unless you're a Patreon member, that's it. That's it. We're going to be dropping episodes exclusively on Patreon during our off season. It's $10 a month. You spend $10 on bullshit. You you spent $10 five minutes ago on some bullshit. And I just want to encourage you to just support us. Come tap in with us. Come join our close friends. Come join our Discord so we can talk to you one-on-one. Find your friends on Discord. There's like homegirls meeting up in cities. There's exclusive drops on merch and the first to know about events. One day, that titty's not going to come out. Just one day, it's just not going to come out in an episode. (laughs) Maybe when I get them done. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, don't make excuses. Support two moms. If you've gotten 300-plus episodes free, it's time to come over there, get the bonus episode. We have tons. When I say tons, tons of bonus episodes, tons of extra shit. Interviews with our kids, crying in the camera over boys, interviews with exes. And also just like extended interviews with guests there that you didn't see. There's a lot. And we're doing monthly meetups, so you actually get to hang out with us, smoke a blunt, drink a glass of wine. The Zoom happy hours are really fun, actually. Yeah, we do full moon Zooms. We do tantric Zooms. We do never have I ever Zooms. It's really playful. And I'm really excited to go off season and connect with you guys in a more peaceful environment that isn't the ghetto-ass Instagram. Just more intimate, honestly. We get to connect with our people more intimately, and it's nice. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash choices and... We'll see you over there. Anyway, how are you? I'm great. How are you adjusting back from the jungle Costa Rica life? Slowly but surely. Yeah. Today's the day I felt more, more American. <laughs> so you guys, we just got back from our three-week trip to Costa Rica. We led two retreats um, at the Good Vibe Retreat. Not just any two retreats. Our ninth and tenth retreat. We just completed our ninth and tenth retreat. And if you know us, if you've been listening, you know it's a big fucking deal because we like accidentally started this business two years ago. And to just come up on our tenth, ninth and tenth retreat is just 
honestly unreal and the most beautiful shit I've ever witnessed, the most beautiful work I've ever done. So I feel I feel super grateful to come back. I'm also super eager to get the fuck out of the United States permanently um, and eat real food and live on the beach. But overall, I'm adjusting back and um, I hope to return to the jungle much sooner than later. Mm. Yeah, me too. I It was hard for me to leave this time. I mean, besides that my child wasn't there and I had to go back to get her. But... I was over there playing seeds, bitch, for us, okay? I was out there trying to find a nanny for us. I'm over there trying to, like, really uh, figure out what it is to live in Costa Rica full time. Yeah, I'm feeling like um, my new job is, like, uh, like sc- scouter. Like, where I'm going to live next because, uh, yeah, after I went to Costa Rica, I went to Panama. It was my first time being there. Um, I went to Bocas, and it was beautiful. Boca de Toro. It's like an apalago. Apala- how do you say? Apalago? of islands and then we went to Panama City and I texted Erica immediately like bitch I think we need to live in Panama City (laughs) I'm really feeling like we need multiple like international locations to get all the things we need because I know we say this a lot but we're jungle bitches but we're also like city city bitches bitches. I'm like a city jungle girl I'm like half city girls half jungle bitch and I feel like Panama City is really chic Mm. It was super chic and super beautiful. It was giving like old town Cuba, but like upscale. They had like beautiful restaurants. Shout out to Erin, our wonderful, beautiful tour guide who took us all around, introduced us to all her friends, took us to all the best restaurants on all the best adventures. We were like, it was just me, Erin and Orlando and a triple for a full week. And I highly recommend Erin as a tour guide. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think Erin wants to be a fucking tour guide. She's bitch. our tour guide, okay? She's I'm putting her on she's, trip she's advisor. Creating her fucking skincare empire. So many empires over there, but um you it wasn't a real fucking adventure. We did, did some real adventuring and it was great. We um I've never crossed a border by foot. So we crossed a border by foot and it was very like a little janky. We had to like take our luggage across. A man took it across in a wheelbarrow for five dollars. Oh my god! Actually, yeah, that's what I had to do. Remember when I when I had to escape the country from Costa oh, Rica but- to, to from Nicaragua to Costa Rica? That's what I had to do. I had to walk across the border. Was it a bridge? Well, they're two different borders, so no. Oh, okay. You it, didn't go. You didn't go. On I that was going side. from Nicaragua to Costa Rica oh, okay. to escape the Nicaraguan war that was happening. I remember that. God, what <laughs> episode was that that I told you to get a free trip with a guy, and then it ended up it and was he, like, and he dry humped me. And, and so and he came in his pants. He came in his pants. He dry humped me, and then I had to escape Nicaragua because there was a, an impending war that he knew about, but still had me fly out that and I it, didn't know about. And you're only there for like a weekend, and like I was there for one and a half days, bitch. I was in Nicaragua for maybe 22 hours before I had to escape. That was like in the early parts of our friendship. It was like probably an earlier episode. And I was like, you should go. I, fuck it. You've never been in Nicaragua. I had never been flewed out before. So and I then like, I be flewed out. within like 24 hours, she texts me like, I think I might die. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I told her to go. She's like, there's a man with a machine gun. We're going through some back jungles. So there's a war breaking out. I was like, oh, God, I gave her the wrong ghetto advice telling her to be a hoe. <laughs> And now she's going to die in a Nicaraguan war she has oh no business God. in. Thank God I didn't have to be a hoe. Well, I guess, I don't know. You ho- got dry humped. That's pretty... Is that hoish? I, I feel like that's pretty safe. I feel like that's worse. 
<laughs> no, it's not. Every time I think of you telling me, no bodily fluids were exchanged. I literally every time I think about it, I think about Justin Timberlake in that movie he did called The Bad Teacher with oh my Cameron God, where Diaz. He helps Cameron Diaz until and he comes in his jeans. That's kind of what it was like. <laughs> I am not. Ew. Has anyone ever been dry humped before and a man come in their pants? Because that was like new. That was like a new discovery. That's over fifteen years old. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe like really religious Christians or something. You know, I felt like you know I, I dodged uh, you know putting a nigga on my on my list. He, he doesn't count. You know, this is like this is a good strategy if you are trying to like live your best whole life but not get any extra bodies. Just have them dry hump you through their pants. Apparently, they can still come and tell. Don't tell them. Let, don't let them tell you otherwise. You know, that's how you know you got that good pussy. <laughs> You got that's that good leg. You, know you got that good pussy. You got that good thigh. That good. I got good tight thigh. <laughs> <laughs> if a nigga can fucking nut in his pants off a dry hump, I can come off a dry hump easy. I know that you can. <laughs> I know that's your thing. <laughs> Humping pillows and stuffed animals and shit. I don't know about stuffed animals. Not since I'm a child, but I can't come off a on a, off a dry hump at all. Do you need to be penetrated? No, but I need. I need to be like, there needs to be some sort of, at least a suck of something, like some sort of <laughs> s- suction happening. Oh, a suction. Well, suction this is, and rub, suck this, and rub, suck and rub. We just went straight off the bat with TMI. No one asked any of this information. <laughs> Erica once got dry humped to ejaculation and I love dry humping. That was in Costa Rica, actually. That, we didn't dry hump in Nicaragua. The dry humping happened in Tamarindo. Well, I, I, I assume there was too much action happening on your, on your escape plan to get dry humped in Nicaragua, but <laughs> he said one way or other, bitch, you're paying for this trip. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> Lay down. He made sure that happened. I had to do a lot of. Oh god, that was actually traumatic. I'm triggered. See, what's wrong with women? I didn't even want to do it, but I felt bad. So I was like, oh god. I guess he has a nice mouth. You know, I am about. You know, I am about mouths. He had a nice mouth, so I just focused on that and just was like, just make out, just make out, just make out. He's a bigger guy too, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not really into big guys like that. No offense, but I really like my guys slim and long. <laughs> For the most part, <laughs> you know what? Long I, balls and ew. <laughs> Who likes long balls? I'm just I'm just oh, <laughs> you know. I just talk about my baby daddy and his long balls. I, you know, I, one thing about me, I don't discriminate. I've dated all types of guys, um, big bones, just straight up chubby. I discriminate. Thick. I, sometimes fat guys have big dicks. I mean, yeah. I don't really like hips. You know, I was looking. I don't at- think fat means you don't have. Big anything? Like, no, no, no. A big dick. You know, you know. I, I, I'm just saying. I have. You know, I have theories. Mm. You know, I have dick theories. And so do. Oh my god. <laughs> what are your dick theories? Let's break down the dick theories. Dick uh, theories by Jamila. There are a few, and actually, I got some new ones on the retreat. Who Did the, you? Yes. Who the fuck was it giving me dick theories on the retreat? Like as soon as she sat down, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, you look at their extremities: ears, fingers." And feet. Ears. Ears, noses. I think she said ears, noses, and hands. All extremities matter. And if they have small little ears, that means they probably don't have large penises. You got to look at the extremities. Wow. Shout out to the retreat because you know what? You get a lot of information there. That's not true though. I... I'm thinking of someone specifically that has small ears and a big dick. So who's I think I know who you're talking about. Who? I don't know. I just feel like I saw a nigga that I know you've been with who's... My maybe those are little ears, or maybe she's a little guy. Anyway, <laughs> some little guys have like large p- 
penises and then some little guys just have little penises and then some big guys have little penises and it just throws off the whole game. I'm just, you know, I'm just letting you know there's really no there's no rhyme or reason. There's no strategy. You just have to do the dick test where you're just like yeah, but I've done that and I've been wrong because the dick test also doesn't take into con- into consideration girth. Wait, somebody else, the same girl told me that. <laughs> Sometimes you'd be feeling it you'd be like, oh, bitch, I won. And then they pull it's it skinny. out and it's a fucking torpedo. She told me that uh, you got to be careful during the dick test because sometimes it's they have big balls. Oh, that's true. Wait, I was there for that conversation. I remember. Might, Who might, was it? You must have forgot about the ears and the hands. Because the balls like lift the, the dick up. Yeah, they the, can be all like stuffed together. Yeah, it just like hangs on there. What do you guys do at the retreat? Well, we deep dive into how to figure out who has a big penis. We do or not. shadow work and we do dick theories. <laughs> we do dick theories. So first, first workshop is dick theories. <laughs> um, oh my god, I love retreating. It is literally the highlight of my life. Um, I don't know how we got on dick theories, but obviously <laughs> they're all a gamble. All dick theories are a fucking gamble. Um. But yeah, I we've had a we had a pretty uh, like most always jam packed <sighs> three weeks, and um, I don't know. There's a lot of surprises. There's always like such characters at the retreat. I, yeah, I did walk over the border and um, take like two buses and a boat to some islands. Saw some starfish. Met a pirate. <laughs> Um, I met a pirate who was also a cancer dragon. You know, I hit it off with people who have specific specificities with. Mm. I think I just made that word up. Specificities. Extremities and specificities. Um, and we went on his boat and he was just like, he was showing us a framed photo of his dog named Patron. He was obviously like a pirate. He was an alcoholic. And he was like, look at Patron. And then he like poured Patron on top of it and he like licked it and then he passed it to the me. picture frame? <laughs> yeah. He poured Patron on the picture frame? He poured the Patron on the picture of his dog that died named Patron. And this is like moments after we discovered we're both cancer dragons. And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, then he poured it on and I was like. You licked it? <laughs> I wonder how many people have licked that picture, bitch. I figured the Patron would like wash off the germs. All I know is that Orlando had us on a group chat and he was like texting random <laughs> quotes. And because I, I wasn't with you guys. So I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like he said, I don't know what he wrote. I got to look. But he wrote some shit. And I was like, they're fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I was like, they're drunk for sure right now. We're we're doing things. We're definitely (laughs) drunk amongst other things and stretching through the streets of Boca de Toro, which are fucked up right now. And Aaron's like, my friend said we have to be visionaries. In two years, the streets will be together. I'm like, this is really fucked up. But, you know, I like a ghetto good time. Like, I like adventure. So... Then we got to do like some ATVing on the back jungles where like usually ATVing, they're like guided tours. No, these motherfuckers just gave us the key. And we went like on some private beach and we like go over a bridge. I feel like I was in a video game. I'm like, are we supposed to go over this bridge? And we we're like, I think so. And <laughs> we made it. And um, I was topless in the back. Like I, I, you know, I'm a passenger princess. So I was just in the back of the ATV like ah! <laughs> howling and shit with my titties out. And um, we just butt naked, fucking skinny dipped on the ocean alone and ate really good food. I'm a fucking foodie, so that was great. But, you know, it was nice to have like an after trip after the retreat because the retreats, they were like wellness and nice. And then I got to like kind of act crazy. And, you know, I like balance. Mm. 
Yeah, we're two different bitches because there's no motherfucking way I could have went on an adventure after that. I was thinking about you. I was like, I love my friend. I love this for her because ain't no way. She it, was like, I was like, how was it? She's like, adventure after adventure. I was like, stressed me out even <laughs> thinking about it. It was a lot of adventures. <laughs> like, got on a bus, went to a window, paid a guy, got on another bus, got on a boat. It was just a bunch of, yeah, it was a lot. But I enjoyed every second. You know, we adventured through some back jungles, found some deserted beaches. The water's really beautiful. I like to explore new places. So that was really, it's, went to the reggae club. It was fun. Is the ocean better there or is it like, is it, it's different? Is it like, is it more blue, green or is it? Um, It was definitely super blue and super clear. Um, It was kind of like overcast the days we were there, but the days that it wasn't, it was super clear and blue. Mm. And there's just so many beaches. And like even the jungles look a little bit different, so it's interesting to see like a neighboring country that looks like it's very close but still slightly different. Mm. Mm. Nice. And Panama City, which we're moving to because I'm already putting dibs on that. Okay. Also, it's like I also discovered it's I'm not I don't want to tell everybody the business, so don't tell. It's one of the cheaper places to get a permanent residency. Is it permanent or residential citizenship? That's what you text me. Residential citizenship. Okay, well, maybe that's what it is. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, you have to live there? As long as you own a house there, you... I don't know what the, the stipulations are. Yeah, I don't know what the stipulations are, but I know if you pay, like, you can get a... Like, you can you can pay the fee, which I think is, like, $3,000, $3,500, and then you can later apply for citizenship and get your passport. Mm. Nice. The point is, in 2025, Erica and I have already decided we're out of this bitch, right? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're in 2024 right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we only have about 10 more months to figure out the plan. I guess we can move at any point in 2025. I mean, I was thinking summertime. Because oh, Trump is coming back into office. I didn't, I'm not really a politi- Why are you so scared of Trump? I just don't like I, it's nothing. But I mean, it's all bad. It's what, what do you think Joe Biden's doing over here? Nothing. He's dying in office actively. So I don't know. I just I, I feel like something's happening. I've been feeling very zombie apocalyptic and I'm just ready to go. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm going to live, spend the last days of living in the earth. I'd rather live in the jungle happily, not stressed about bullshit government of the United States. That's true. I mean, I, it's so it's when I was out there. Are they going to blacklist our podcast because I talk so much shit about the government? <laughs> I was I was out there. I was just talking to a lot of the locals and some of the expats, but mostly the locals. And they're just so like they pride themselves on simplicity. Like simplicity is like the key, and they're they're totally fine with that and good with that. Like as long as they got their fruits, their veggies, they got a house over the a, a roof over their head. Like the jungle is the aesthetic. The jungle is the luxury experience. And it is like being able to just pull over to the side of the road and just hop in the ocean. Get a coconut. Because I, I feel like in even in L.A., like trying to get to the beach is a whole fucking thing. Sometimes you got to pay to like park, park and you got to walk so far into the fucking sand to get to the beach. Like there it's like, boom, get in the water. Wash yourself. We've definitely overcomplicated life. Yeah. It's very United States is overcomplicated everything. And yeah, I'm, when I'm there, my like nervous system feels regulated. And I, I just know it to be true just when we bring women and like by day two, they're like, whoa. And I'm like, I know, bitch. Mm-hmm. I know. It's it's like something about the jungle that just sits that ass the fuck down. It resets you. It like lets you just like relax. Mm-hmm. So much. It's there's so much femininity around. So I think it really I think it's for both men and women. But. I just see women really be able to kind of surrender there, really just like lay down their guards, their masks, 
and and rest, like you said. Um, whether you live there or you're retreating, like everyone is in deep rest mode. I mean, I've never been to a place where people are like, I've started my moon. I will not. I cannot work today. Moon meaning my period. I can't, I started my moon. Unfortunately, I am not working. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. I'm, I'm actually just. I thought I was gonna go, but I'm not really feeling. A, spirit didn't move. Spirit me. is telling me to stay home, so I'm just gonna honor that. <laughs> it's like you're really on some honoring yourself shit in the jungle. There's no like pushing past the the comfort. There's none of that. There's no people pleasing, bitch. And when you get to the jungle, you pleasing yourself. Right. It's something about the jungle that makes you do it. And I'm trying to get in on it. Well, while you were um, having adventures, I was fucking facing like the deep darkness of my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I after the retreat ended, um, I chilled for a few days, and then um, I got into some spiritual work with Sylvia. Shout out to Ancestral Sylvia Ancestral. Um, she's actually smoke a backwood. Sorry to interrupt you. Yes, I'm gonna roll. Light. This is the perfect time to light a backwood. Um, and she's been a guest on our show, and she's she does she's an astrologer amongst other things. Um, and so after the retreat ended, I had already started like womb work with her at the beginning of this year. And so when I was out there, I was like, I want to work with you one on one in person. And so the last three days of the trip, I was locked in my hotel room, like basically in a meditative trance for three days, accessing different realms and talking to my fucking grandmother. (laughs) And that shit was crazy. Like I never, obviously I'm a believer of like other entities being able to, I guess quantum travel in ways, Mm -hmm. but I've never, I, I know that it's possible. I just, I guess I never envisioned myself being able to do it and like thinking that I would need plant medicine in order to kind of be able to have these type of experiences. But yeah, I had some pretty profound experiences with Sylvia and I'll probably talk about it at more an extent on Patreon just because it's, it's actually very deeply personal and it has to do with my dad and it has to do with my grandmother and just like some fucking witchy ass shit that happened in that hotel, in that hotel room while I was talking to my dad about my grandmother. Like shit was like her spirit was moving in the room, bitch. Like, I know. I think there's definitely going to have to be a Patreon, uh, exclusive, um, like a recap of the, Retreat because there are a lot of things that happen that <clears throat> are probably exclusively for Patreon. <laughs> yeah, can you pass me your water? Maybe not that one. I'm gonna. Are you gonna soak the blunt in my drinking water? I gave you a bottle too. Just take a couple sips. You want to smoke or you want to be quenched? I'm not smoking. You are. <laughs> Is this ASMR? You guys, we're dropping some ASM. That is annoying. Orlando's getting so mad. It's fucking ASMR, Orlando. Relax. His headphones are on. It's annoying me and the headphones are not even on. You're going to make people fall off. <laughs> I did like them, but then Erica starts sipping aggressively into the microphone. <laughs> um, but no, we did. Yeah. I, I, even when you told me your uh, ancestral... Your ancestral experiences. I was super intrigued. And also, like, being able to, like, step into different realms. Like, like you said, I knew it was possible. But, like, hearing your experience really, you know what it made me think of? It's just, like, 
who else in, in anyone's family is having the opportunity to like not rewrite wrongs, but kind of like rewrite contracts. And even like when I did that, um, so, oh, you didn't do yours yet because you missed your fucking appointment. The family co- constellation, I just thought of it in some ways it's similar, but not as deep as the work you did. And then I was like, damn, next time do I need to skip out? I'm going on adventures and go deep into my womb because if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Like no one in my family is thinking about doing ancestral work with their womb and like like healing actual things that happen in their ancestry. But like that's kind of – I feel like the – the reason our paths have led us here and like while we've gotten like these gifts and like gotten just this version of our life so that we can like have opportunities like meeting Sylvia and just knowing it's possible to go do work like that to maybe change the trajectory of karmic things for our kids and for our ancestors. Is that what you feel like you're doing over there? Yeah. I mean, but I didn't know that that's what we were going to do. Like, I kind of, like, you, everyone kept asking me, like, what is the work you're going to do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. We're figuring it out. I was like, I was just letting her guide. Like, I was just, I just said, I just said I wanted to do some work with you. I wanted, I want to spend more time with you and dive deeper into this, this womb work that we've been doing. And, and she said, okay. And then it just kind of unfolded intuitively. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I was not expecting my grandmother to show up. Uh, I was not expecting her. uh, I wasn't expecting her energy to be what it was. Um, I wasn't expecting to get messages from her that only her and my father would know Mm -hmm. and being able to share that with him and him being like, that's true. Mm. So that's how I know this shit is real. Um, like for those listening and then like, you know, you hear these type of stories and it sounds like all woo woo and shit, but like there's, there's real, there's real shit happening in these realms and these spaces. And I think there's a level of preparation that you have to have in order to be able to travel to these realms. Like I think that I've done a lot of work and so I've, I've, I, my, my field is open to be able Mm -hmm. to do something like that. Like I had someone ask me for Sylvia's number and was like I want to do that and I was like and now I get it like I get why some of my friends and even like one of my really good friends who's way down deep into this you know spiritual path like she's very protective about who she shares her people with because it's not for everyone it can it, it is for everyone but those people that are ready to really do the work to prepare for an experience like this you know, and so, yeah, someone asked me in Costa Rica, it's a guy, and he was like, give me Sylvia's number. And I was like, I don't know if you're ready for this. I think you need to, like, do some do some stuff first. And I'm, I, you know, and I'll probably, I'm going to talk to her about it, but there is a level of protection that I, I have for um, for the people that I work with. And obviously, I'm sharing Sylvia right here, right now, for all of you, but... um she has her own discernment as well. She had no problem saying, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I feel like um, it's so interesting, too. Like, as we've unfolded this 
good mom saga and like come to, you know, different, different realizations and self-awarenesses of healing. And even like the women who have come with us, like our community, the tribe, like the women who show up at the retreat, it's like, there is an agreement that you make with yourself. And when you make that agreement with yourself, the universe corresponds. Right. So like, I think everyone lives like, like Erica and I met, we had an agreement that we didn't really weren't fully aware of, but that we were like, going to just like tap into this authentic space and like speak honestly and then in that in that in that uncovering you know these journeys and like this this work has come to us and um I've seen even the women who come on retreat like blossom and like unravel in these ways is because I think a lot of times when you sign up to go into the jungle with two women you don't know and invest in yourself, there's a level of openness that you are coming with. And so people are ready to change. People are ready to do things differently. Sometimes people don't know exactly like exactly what is off or wrong, but they know they're missing something. And um, I just feel like even for us, the day of our last retreat, we met like this tantric man at yoga and he was like we were doing a meditation and he's like are you guys doing tantra and we're like yeah but like what would be the chances of meeting a black man in yoga in costa rica who like is tapped into tantra you know and you know it just we spent like a a bunch of time with him and like exchanging tantric medicines and lineages and it was super powerful and i was just like telling erica like what the fuck would be the chances of us two of us who are like into tantra studying this lineage meeting someone else black who's studying the same thing and it's just like abundantly clear that once you start like making agreements with yourself and opening yourself up to certain work and to like healing, it comes in all forms. It does. And you have to trust it, you know? And it's like, in any other ch- chance, we're like, we meet a random man at yoga and he's like, whatever, man. But it's like, <laughs> not whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, man, get out of here. But we were welcoming to it because I think we both recognized that it was kind of a gift from the divine. And so it was just like, we had this opportunity to explore in our tantra with like this divine masculine and just like you had this opportunity to explore in this work with sylvia it's because you've done all this work up to this point and you've made agreements with yourself and the universe and it's like oh she's ready to to, to go into these realms and so there is like an unlocking that happens as soon as you like just make the agreement Mm -hmm. and you continue to do the work and sometimes we don't see the work because it's just like inklings it's little it's little it's little and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like oh i've done a lot Mm -hmm. and i've come really far and now I'm accessing my fucking lineage directly grandma to me you know and like that is powerful work but like it's really all in the outward seeking of what you want and asking for it out loud you know I was in the the hair salon yesterday and talking about my trip to my hairdresser and there was a girl in the you know getting her nails done and she was just like I'm so interested in what you're talking about and like I literally just asked God this morning I prayed and asked for my tribe and I asked for you know to meet people who are on the same thing and then I met you here and I was like girl because that's the power of fucking asking when you ask God even if you don't know exactly what you're asking for you'll start to un like he'll start or she'll start to reveal the things that you need and it's like up to you if you're going to be aware enough to be like oh this is this is the path and not to be afraid of it and to just like keep walking in that direction and you know doing work and you know inviting the the man from yoga and like in participating in certain type of um just different things and like even in tantra 
the lineage that we study. It's like a combination of different lineages. You know, that's one thing about Tantra is like no one's dissing each other's thing. It's more like a collective. Like I'm going to take that. I'm going to take this. And then it like comes into this this lineage that is what we learn now. But when we met him in the jungle and even when we met Sylvia in the jungle with like her, she has so many offerings. But, you know, starting with the um, – the natal chart reading, it's just like you get to mix medicines when you are open to meeting other medicine people in the jungle or wherever you meet them. And like, that's what the connection and the community is all about is because we get to gain so much information and take it back to our kids and take it back to each other and like (laughs) grow in our spiritual pharmacy. Mm -hmm. (sighs) It's true. It's true. And I've just realized, I've just, I've realized how, you know, they always say, oh, when you choose yourself, like things start to show up. And I was reflecting on where I was at last year and um, like the regression, is that the word? Mm-hmm. That I had made in my in my process and my healing and like actively choosing to go against myself in so many ways, but it was necessary. Even that lesson was really necessary. But I was thinking, and I was told you this, like during the retreat, I was like, if I had continued to not, if I had continued down that path, like none of these things would have been available to me. Like I was really, I was really considering going against myself just for, um, it is, I can't even say it wasn't even safety. It was just like a feeling companionship. It was a feeling of like wanting to be loved and, um, just being tired of, of looking and searching. It was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And that was really that it was like, I don't want to tell someone my life story again. I don't feel like doing all of that. And it's interesting now because even in dating now, like in the, in the, and the, the people that I've attracted, I haven't had to do a lot of that either. I haven't even had to do a lot of that explaining who I am. It's just like, it unveils itself in such a different way that doesn't feel cumbersome. It doesn't feel daunting it doesn't feel annoying it feels exciting and ever since i i've departed from that situation and just letting go of a lot of things fear and and that was something that came up a lot in the work with sylvia was was that there is still a lot of fear um there's still a lot of fear attached to me but a lot of it is not even my own and having that understanding and i never even thought about that i thought like I've always I've always felt like all the things that I feel, whether it's anxiousness, fear, judgment, insecurity, like those are all the makings of just me. This is who I am. But we don't ever really consider that some of the things or the the habits that we even have are not our own. And there's work that has to be done to get those those things off of you. And so even since that experience with Sylvia, I feel less fearful about just even like choices and I feel just more at peace and at ease and I feel even like I've I've starting to witness the healing in my family and I was thinking you know I talked about this earlier in the year about like this me realizing that me and my dad still had work to do and feeling like I forgive him so like we're good and then realizing oh no there's still more work to do and this work that I did with Sylvia I feel like was even more impactful than me telling my dad, Hey, I really want us to go on a trip and spend more time together and get to know each other more. Like going, be able to go back to like one of the roots 
that are connected to him as a like as a young boy his his relationship with his mother has already become so much more healing in our relationship we're already talking more than we did before and it's just based on i feel like being able to tap into something outside of just our what our physical bodies are doing which is like communicating with one another it's like other realmly <laughs> for lack of a better word that has kind of renegotiated my contract with him and like how he how he communicates with me and like so even since then like two days ago um I, I told him that like I really wanted to connect with my roots in Texas and if you're watching this on YouTube you can see that you <laughs> got a cow cowboy hat on and actually my dad bought me this hat on our trip Oh, really? Yeah. Someone, so when me and my dad went on this father-daughter trip, um, we went to Solvang, and I, we went into this hat store, and I was like, I want this hat. He's like, I'll get it for you. And so I'm wearing this in honor of him, but also, like, just, like, in honor of Beyonce as well. <laughs> <laughs> Shut Not in honor of my daddy and, and Beyonce. Daddy and Beyonce. They both from Texas. <laughs> Shout out to Texas. Sealy, Texas. Um, but uh, I feel more connected to him now and I feel like he feels more connected to me and I was telling him that I really wanted to establish a better relationship with my family because I feel and that was something that came up again like feeling like I have no roots like my mom's side of the family we're we're kind of disjointed we have this like little bubble of like our immediate family that we're close to and then everyone else is very dispersed there's like resentment there's just it's just like we don't fuck with y'all and then they're on my dad's side of the family there's just a disconnect because me and my dad's relationship has not been like I'm always just kind of trying to focus on him him and me him and me and not realizing like sometimes you got to like go around the person that you're trying to to heal with and heal those other relationships so that you guys can come back together and that's what I've realized is like me doing that work with Sylvia and then also now like developing relationships with my cousins in Texas that I haven't spoken to since I was a little girl is making my dad and our relationship even more richer and like making us like, Oh, like, Oh, you talked to aunt Patsy. What'd she say? Oh, like, Oh my. And then him sharing more stories with me. Cause I don't know what to ask. There's right, certain things right. I don't even know what to ask, you know? So. Well, yeah. well, you get to kind of go to the root of the, the wounds that like, uh, unfortunately, and like, our, our parents don't talk about because we kind of come from cultures that are like, we don't talking about that, you know? And like, unless you have the information, how would you know? And a lot of us don't have the information. And even when you're talking me, talking to me about your experience, I was just like, damn, like that is powerful because I was thinking about like, even my relationship with my parents and like, we are cool, you know, we're good and we're pretty close. And like, I could call them, but like, I don't need to call my parents every day. Like I probably didn't talk to my parents on the phone the entire time I was gone and I didn't feel a way about it. And like, if I did, they would send pictures of Luna, but like, I just realized that like, there are, there's such, even for your, you know, for you too, like for your dad, there's such walls up because they have childhood trauma. And if you don't know what to ask, you're just feeling awkward. Like I'm trying to get to know you more, you know? And it feels, it feels huge. And um, especially as black people, especially with our history being so dark and rich, it's like it's a sensitive thing. And, and you know, just like I've, I've found out glimpse of things about my family history and like, you know, about like adoption and, and abortions and just like 
other other families and things that I had no idea. But then we don't stop to think about how has that affected our parents, and then how does that in turn affect us? And I told you, like, even when I went to Mexico with um, Ariel and Saint, and had that like super delicate, super like crazy experience where I experienced feeling all that pain from my female ancestors, and I would have like I, I I just knew it was that. I just realized like there's so much like you said that we've inherited so much fear we've inherited like you know even like things that come up in my relationship jealousy like distrust and it's real and we sometimes we just chop it up like you said is like oh that's just who I am or that's just what it is or this is just my relationship with my parents or this is just who he is without really being able to have the tools to delve into where did you come from and what am I holding in my womb that I want to clear so that I'm not giving it to Luna and to you know her kids so I'm like super proud of you for doing the work and now I want to go work with Sylvia Ancestral and it, it made me also think about when I we first sat down with her ever before we had the retreat but we were just like there visiting um, I had a reading with her and the very first thing she said to me and I honestly I think this scared the shit out of me and I and I I, I recognize it now and she literally looked at me and said no one's laughing your ancestors aren't laughing and I was just like bitch what the fuck does that mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wasn't expecting to open with that you know and like basically like our you know our our journey is necessary and it's not just to us and it is like to be taken seriously but you don't know you have access to these type of tools <laughs> and people unless you actually do the work to like kind of just follow and the guide well and I think also like I think about this like term you hear about uh, you hear a lot where they say like healing isn't linear and I I understand that profoundly now because I was really trying to be linear about the healing of me and my dad's relationship, like going straight to him to try and heal this, not realizing that there were other options. And like, if you're listening right now and you're trying to heal a relationship with a parent or whoever, like I encourage you to think outside of the box and like consider going around them and you know, sometimes it's about healing other parts of your lineage, not just that one in particular. And inevitably, it will those that that healing energy will echo into other parts of your relationships, including the one you're actually trying to heal. And so that's what I've realized in this experience is that like I was really actively like wanting to sit down in front of my dad and say like we have shit to do. We have like I want to I want us to be closer. Like let's do this. Let's go on dad and daughter dates. And it's like okay, it, it just didn't feel like it, it still can be surface if it, you can't really dig up in the shit. Right. So like going around it and like under it and above it. Like I I'm starting to feel like okay, this is actually what's going to help really heal this wound. And this is really what like Tantra is, you know, it's about the energetic healing. It's about the spiritual healing. It's about the the healing that we do on a soul level. Like we are souls inhabiting vessels. And I know I say this a lot, but it's so true. And we like underestimate what that means to be this vast. And like when you decide to like energetically heal, it's contagious. And even like Erica, you know, sharing this experience. Now if someone's at home thinking like, damn, like what, what does that look like for me? Even when you shared it with me and like, obviously I have access to Sylvia, but like just 
it made it's contagious for me and that's the, the beautiful thing about energetic and spiritual work is like it doesn't have to be directly transmitted for it to be transmitted and it's crazy because you said something to me and I started thinking about my childhood and then Orlando woke up and was like I had a dream about you know me as a kid and the thing is a lot of us don't realize and I think you said this in the in the episode uh, take a hike bitch is that um a lot of like a lot of trauma results in loss of memory of your childhood and you think it's because you just got old and you have a lot of memories and that's something too but i realized recently that a lot of the things that i blacked out was intentional but i don't i can't really like i haven't really gone deep to figure out why but there's certain like i have moments but there's a lot of things i've forgotten and i just realized like you doing the work is contagious to me now because now i know i have access if i if i just scratch the surface i could i have a level of access to healing that maybe i didn't you know realize and the same for every all of our friends and everyone around us and just like two you know one of our really good friends child to ashley just came to the retreat and now i'm sure that shifted her and like that's the beautiful thing about doing this work on yourself is that inevitably the energetic healing spreads you know even i we mentioned this before like we were we sat down with the girls and they're like we want to do like a ceremony and we were just like kind of let them lead and they did a bunch of things that we've done in ceremony and i was like they've never been to these ceremonies but they've been on property and they've been with us in this last six years of our process and um it's beautiful to know that just healing myself has transmitted to our girls and that they are seeking and and recognizing that there is, there are ways to access all around and not just physically. And I think we underestimate that work. You know, you're working out, you're doing exercises, you're getting a trainer, you're eating right. But like there is some deep ass work that needs to happen for us to experience like the ultimate joy and pleasure in this lifetime. And it requires like, it's not always easy. And like even the you know yesterday I was like in my head a lot and I felt it my body was tense I was holding my breath and Orlando like just grabbed me and he was like looked at me and he put his hand on my chest and he was just like you're safe you're home and I was just like he's like breathe he made me breathe with him and I just was like in my head like how did he know I was in my head like I don't even know if I realized I had been so heavily like in my head but I felt it in my body as soon as he triggered me to do it and he laid me on his chest and like like patted me and it was something that triggered me the pat literally like shot me back into like my childhood self and it made me cry and I wasn't feeling emotional at the time it just like happened so quickly it was like my body was defaulting on me like ooh, 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 uh, like and I was just like a baby and then I and then I, I just it felt it felt nourishing in a way that I needed him to recognize that and I'm grateful for it but then he lifted up my shirt to touch his and there was a feeling inside of me that was like, it made me feel like I could feel that I was just a soul and that my soul was pressing against the front of my body to be closer to his. Mm. You know, I felt like as soon as he lifted my shirt, I was like, I felt my spirit, my infinite self, like press up against the front of my body to be closer to his. And I had this thought, like I've probably known him in so many ethers but this is this unique opportunity that we get to touch physically and that I could feel like the ease in that like anything I'm in my head about is really not important Mm -hmm. and that I was safe and I was home and like it like it it just it caused like those all those quick you know thoughts that quickly like was so it it was like a reality check Mm -hmm. you know and it was just it's interesting how we are so 
and even on the retreat, a lot of the girls I talked to were like telling me at, at points they got in, in their heads, assuming that people were like, oh, like talking, talking about, them. about them or like they were already grouped up. So I'm going to go back to my room. And I was like, I'm, we are rarely in environments where we can say, were you talking about me? And we'd be like, no, girl, we're just like chatting. Like, oh, like, can I sit here? Like, yeah, have a seat. Like, yeah, let's come join in the conversation. But we're not in environments where our nervous systems are regulated. Then you feel safe enough to say that to strangers. But the truth is we're all making up narratives in our head that are not real. Mm-hmm. And when we can get out of our heads and out of this physical realm, like then we can like ease into the, f- the fearlessness because like the truth is like there's nothing to fear because we never die. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's these small glimpses of like your experience and seeing so many women tainted by these, these ideas that like are just not real. These narratives we tell ourselves and these beliefs that we've inherited that are not even ours. And it's just like the, 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 the gift in surrendering and asking spirit for like fulfill me and bring me the people that I need, bring me the, and like following that, that, that path is such a gift that we're going to like, that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. No, for real. I mean, I I totally agree. I think about, yeah, having those conversations with a few different women on the retreat who had made up these narratives in their mind and then like getting into the practice of, yes, going up to someone and saying, hey, can I can I sit here and talk to you? And like how uncomfortable that is in in any other circumstance because we've created this little bubble of permission on property, women feel more empowered to ask questions that they never would. They would just suffer in silence and then write off people and add that to the list of why I don't fuck with bitches. You know, like I don't fuck with bitches, you know, and when all you had to do was just say, hey, I'm going to ask this question. I was talking to my cousin yesterday and she was saying how she has like really people-pleasing issues and like <laughs> she was like, there's this girl and she, I really like her. She's really cool. Not like dating-wise. Like she's a really cool friend. She does like spoken word um, and my cousin, she she does music and she's like, and she wants me to come over and jam with her. She wants me to like play the guitar while she does spoken word and it's just like not my thing. Like I just don't. I don't fuck with spoken word like that. I honestly don't have fucking time to do that. Like I'm trying to work on my own shit. And so I've literally been avoiding her like and I really like her, but I'm scared that she's going to ask me to do this jam session with her that I don't want to do. And I don't know how to tell her no. And I was like, so you're really going to just like forfeit a friendship because you don't know how to say no to the this isn't my thing. And I was thinking like how many women do that forfeit friendships because either they're making up narratives in their mind. They don't know how to like say hey like I don't really want to do that and like thinking the other person is going to hate them for it and I told her I was like bitch like if you said no to her she'll probably go find someone else to go do it with her like it's that simple like you're 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 actually making yourself so important like it might not even think be what you need maybe just like a hangout you know and she's like I really like want to hang out with her but I'm nervous that she's going to keep asking me for this thing that I don't want to give her I was like, oh, my God, like as women, like we have such a heart. But then she like has no problem sending like really crazy text messages to like guys that are like like she was she was just telling me the story about this guy who like shit in the bed or something. When what? They, yeah. Like she, they, he like shit in the bed like years ago in high school or something while they were having sex. And then oh, like no. and like when it was happening, like she she saw the shit and he just was like that's not mine and like got up and like walked out and she had to like wash her sheets and she was like what the fuck and then she like ran into him like years later recently actually and then like 
a few nights ago, she just randomly texted him like, remember when you shit in my bed in, in high school or in college? And I was like, so you have no problem texting this guy this, but you can't say no to your friend. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with She's with- still mad. <laughs> no, but it was just like, it's like women, we can be really extreme in, in one way and then like super cut off in another way. Like she feels really comfortable kind of like exposing a guy, but has a really hard time like just expressing herself. herself yeah. yeah. And I, and I was, I was like thinking like, wow, like how many, how many friendships have died because of just these made up storylines in our head because we didn't know how to say, Hey, like that made me uncomfortable thinking like if we said that, like she was going to think whatever about me. And I'm just really grateful that we've created a space at least for five days where women can practice, can practice saying no, can practice saying yes, can practice like just vocalizing their needs, not being afraid to ask for too much, not being afraid to just be quiet and be at peace. And it's just, it's so important for women to have these spaces and men too, like men having these spaces too. And like, I'm realizing too with men, like how much, how much they need spaces to be, I already know this, but to be vulnerable. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, I read our comments sometimes and like, there's so many hurt men, men out there. It's just so basic. They're just so basic. And I try not to let that pollute my mind about like just the, the, the majority of men because it can't possibly be this well, just like women, we need safety. Like I was like, I got, I got fed some sort of like ad or something. I don't know what it was, but it was like, these are the things that men need to be asked or like men need to be asked or told. And it was like, um, they need to be told like you're doing a good job. They need to be told like, uh, like it was like a few different things. And it was like, not that different from what women need to be But it told. just like was delivered. It was just like different, like a different, different words. De- yeah. yeah. And I was like, we all kind of want the same thing. In ways, there's a safety that men need as well. Is there a book on that? Is there a book on like affirmations for men? Maybe we should write it. We might need to. Like, we should like research all our ma- male friends, and uh, yeah, because you know what? Like, and I and I was talking to this to the, this guy that I'm seeing, and he was saying how hard it's it is for him to receive um, affirmations from me and like compliments from me, and that he's like felt resistance in his body when I do that. Um, and that's like my love language with, in love. Like I love giving men words of affirmation and saying like, I'm really impressed by you. And like, I just do that naturally. Um, and I never, I never considered how uncomfortable it would make someone. Well, if the people are not, if you're not used to it, it can be uncomfortable. Sometimes I, 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 I didn't realize it, but I resonate with that. Like in my body, it feels like, I don't know, but now like, yeah, a, a lot of times we don't examine how things feel in our body and we're people pleasing. And so that's like sh- shout out to him for even recognizing that and then being able to communicate it. But it's just like it's also a practice mm-hmm. being able to receive and also to 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 affirm because that's not like my strongest. It's not my strong point. So and then like you, we talk all the time, we write. And so you would think that I would have more words, but then I feel like stuck when it comes to words of affirmation sometimes even with myself Mm -hmm. Hmm. it's crazy what like you said a week of tapping into your own pleasure and your body and saying like do I want to do this how does this make me feel why like asking the questions you want to ask but again it's being 
in a place where you feel safe and your nervous system is regulated. Is it tarot time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, because I'm a high. This backwood, I put some rose petals. I saw. It was very beautiful. It's actually really delicious. I'm about to smoke the whole thing, but I'm high. It's rose petals and a little bit of lavender. And I have a um, I have a bold cigar. The back, I don't know. Is this just a five bold cigars? I guess it's flavorless. Is it just the? It's the OG backwood. I think I like this one. Yeah. This might be. This might. This might be my winner. It's because I'm. I'm wise and older. I don't need all those flavors. Hmm. The seven of swords. Seven of swords. He looks happy, but he's like he's balancing a lot of things. He's carrying a lot of things. He's leaving some things behind. <sighs> Seven of Swords. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Traditionally, the Seven of Swords indicates theft, betrayal, Ooh. deception, and Ooh. trickery. Ooh. You may be trying to get away with something and <gasps> are sneaking around behind other people's backs, <gasps> hoping to go undetected. If you're lucky, you might get away with your secret intact. But if you're unlucky, others will soon find out what you've done, <laughs> causing you shame and embarrassment. Be aware that any time you use cunning or deception to gain an advantage over someone or something else, you're at risk of being found out. And even if you're not, the cover-up will require a tremendous amount of effort, and it may not be worth it. Alternatively, you may be the victim of someone else's betrayal. Others are not being candid with you, and you may be unaware of their lies and deception. Are you lying to me? No. Okay. (laughs) I'm not good at lying. (laughs) You may trust someone who then turns out to be running their own agenda, leaving you high and dry. Look out for any sneaky behavior and listen to your intuition when something does not feel right or seems too good to be true. Oh, my God. You know what this made me think of? Last night. Wait. I have to tell you the story of last night. Oh, my God. You guys. Last night was crazy. Last night I started, I had never spiraled so hard in my life so fast. <laughs> I don't know if this has anything to do with this, but. Um. <laughs> Last night I'm almost at the REM sleep. Wait, what's the, what's the deep REM? one? Uh, what's the really deep one? You know, the deep one. Is that lucid? I don't know. I'm in the deep sleep. You're an REM. I'm an REM. I'm like right there. And so. So I'm I'm at, I'm having like a little girls' night with my my cousin and my bestie and like we're just sitting there talking and my cousin was helping me with Irie while I was gone in Costa Rica and she goes you know how, you check Irie's iPad and I was like yeah I do and she's like do you know someone named Poopoo Head in her iPad and I was like no who the fuck is Poopoo Head and she was like there's someone in her iPad named Poopoo Head and he must have messaged her and said like I don't want to be your boyfriend. And I was like, boyfriend? She's like, yeah, you need to go look in her iPad. So she was like, go look now. So I went upstairs, got Ari's iPad, turned it on, and I'm looking through fucking her text, and I'm looking through Poopoo Head, looking for Poopoo Head. I look through, I find Poopoo Head, and that's not even what she said. So my cousin was going to get Ari fucked up out here, because Poopoo Head just said, I don't want to be your friend. And then Ari didn't even respond. Cause the relatives were getting you fucked up. Because Ari's unbothered. I, I realize as I read her text message with her friends, she's the most unbothered friend of all of them. She doesn't really give a fuck. So anyway... I then I start looking through the text and I see that there's um, a message from someone named BFF2 and the emoji is a is like a has the, the emoji is this man with like a, 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 a what's it called a goatee and I'm like who the fuck okay. is BFF2 with a goatee <laughs> so I look in the text and it's like the first text is Irie and then she goes is this a mirror and she, and he is like it's 
E-M-I-R. And yes, you called me while I was at work. Bitch, I said at work. Who the fuck is Amir? You guys, I was trembling. Like, I was like, who the fuck is Amir? Why is Amir texting? Didn't you go on Roblox and see this? I was tech. Like, why is this grown-ass man texting my eight-year-old? Then I go on. I was like, let me co-check on Roblox. Like, what the fuck is happening on Roblox? I haven't checked in, like, four months. I go in Roblox. I see all of her friend reco- friends, and I see someone named Amir in there. And I'm like, oh, no. They've gotten her. They've gotten to her. My parental <laughs> controls weren't strong enough. Somehow, someone has messaged her on grown Roblox, man. and she got a phone number, and now they're FaceTiming. I haven't even been here. I saw the first message was, like, in December, and then there was another one, like, like last week. I'm, like, having a panic attack. My friends are, like, egging me on. They're stressing me the fuck out. Like, what are we going to do? You can't shame her. Like, I was like, I'm going to go wake her ass right up. I'm going to go wake her up <laughs> right the fuck now. I'm about to curse her out. And she was like, no, you can't do that. Um, she's going to start lying to you because you, she knows that you went through her her iPad. You can't shame her. You don't want to make her seem like she's in trouble. Definitely don't start the conversation saying you're not in trouble because everyone knows that's code for you're in fucking trouble. This is a lot of advice. Bitch. This I, is a lot of advice they were giving you. Oh, about. my God. It was a lot. Because I already just work her ass up. And I was telling her, I was like, I'm not good with my faces. My faces are fucked. Like, I already, like, have judgmental face and I don't even mean to. I have resting bitch face. It's just part of my demeanor. <sighs> so, anyway, they were like, we have to call him. What's his phone number? So I I fucking star six seven call this Not number. Star six seven. I call, I call star six seven and I look at the area code and it's six one zero and so I'm like, <clears throat> Romo's like, what is six one zero? And we look at it's Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'm like, what the fuck? Is her fucking this predator lives in Philly. Like, what the fuck is going on? I fucking call the number and someone answers and I'm like, hello. No one says anything. I'm like, hello, hello. No one says anything. Hello. He's like, yes. And I'm, I could hear it's like a grown ass man. <laughs> and I was like, hi, is this Amir? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, why are you texting eight year olds, Amir? <laughs> and he was like, oh, you are you are you talking about Johnny? I was like, Johnny. I was like thinking in my head, oh, so you have a fucking list of little eight year olds you're fucking texting, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> So I'm like, no, I'm not Johnny, my daughter. Why are you texting eight-year-olds? Why are you texting my eight-year-old daughter, Amir? Where do you live? Where? Who are you? He's like, whoa, relax. One question at a time. And I was like, the off fucking dacity. And honestly, I was triggered also because I remember when my baby daddy cheated on me and this bitch sent the picture of her pregnancy and then sent her number and then I called and I had all these questions and she had the audacity to tell me to calm the fuck down. That's how I felt. I was triggered all over uh, again. Okay. I was like... <sighs> Where are you located? And he was like, no comment. And like my, the two aunties at the table are like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, who are you? And he was like, no comment. And I was like, I just hung up. And they were like, why did you hang up? We had, we had to ask more questions. I was like, I don't have any more fucking questions to ask. I'm waking her up. And they're like, you can't wake her up. How long did this go on? This just went on for like 30 minutes. Because then then I was like deep diving into Roblox, like trying to find deleted messages. I was Googling how to find deleted messages on Roblox. Apparently you can't delete messages. They're an archive, but there were none. So I didn't know how the fuck they got each other's phone number. So I was really confused. And then I went on a deep dive of her history on on the Googles. And my daughter's just searching like how to do a backhand spring and like just basic eight-year-old shit. Yeah. So then they left. 
And they told me like, Erica, don't worry. We're going to like call our therapist tomorrow. We're going to find the best way to have this conversation because clearly you're not well equipped. I was like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm the two f- bitches with no kids. I'm going to fuck this all up. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I told them when I was, when they were leaving, I was like, I'm going to call Jamila because I need to call Mila because they were all, both of our kids are on Roblox and this is fucked up. I need to make sure Luna doesn't have Amir as a friend either. And she's not talking to Amir. So I called Jamila and I'm like, Jamila, Jamila. And she's like, hello, hello, hello. I'm like, are you asleep? She's like, yeah. <laughs> as you, I'm sure you can hear my voice. And I was like, well, first of all, the team never responded about our call tomorrow. So I don't even know if we're having the call at 9 a.m. or not. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, and secondly, Iris talking to some fucking adult named Amir. And I don't know what to do. She found him on Roblox. He lives in Philly. And she was like, Amir? She's like, I, I don't know. Iris living a double life. Iris living a double I was like, life. I don't even know her. Life. I, was like, I, was, I don't even know my own child. I was like, Roblox? Luna's on Roblox all the time. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so what do you mean? What are they talking about? I was like, you called? She was like, yeah. She was like, I was like, he said no comment with his voice? <laughs> she, I was like, you heard him. She was like, I was like, he was a grown man? She was like, yeah. I was literally like about to go wake up Luna. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? And then I'm like, well... What, how do you spell it? Give me the give me the number. I put the fucking number in my phone. It's our cousin. <laughs> it's their friend. It's our cousin. It's my it's my cousin's son. Fucking Sheena. I was like, bitch. We she knows him. So Amir must have Amir Luna must have shared Amir's contact yes. to fucking Irie. So it, the Bitmoji was already there, and I guess Amir is saved in Luna's iPad as BFF two. So I was like, why the fuck is his name BFF two in her phone? So anyway, then I was like, I gotta go. I gotta call. I gotta call Amir back. So I, I'm like, it's three a.m. I, like, I don't give a fuck. So I call Amir back, and he's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Amir, it's Erica from Good Moms, and he's like. Oh, hey. And I was like, why the fuck are you texting my daughter? I was like, why would you let me be in distress? Why would you let a mom be in distress? Why would you play with me like this on the phone? And he was like, I thought someone, I thought like someone was prank calling me. And he's like, as I was just fading back into sleep thinking like, who did I hurt? Who would like play on the phone about me texting eight year olds? <laughs> Bitch, I told him, I said, I was going to track you down and fucking end your life. And then Sheena was going to come end my life. And then it was really going to be good mom's bad choices, but like all bad. It's my little cousin. Oh my God. I was like, I literally was trying to wrap my head around our kids talking to grown men. I'm like, but what would they be talking about? (laughs) I was like, Irie has a double life. (laughs) And then she'd be like, that's what you get for for showing your daughter how to prank call people. (laughs) (laughs) They love to prank call people now. (laughs) It's it's against you. So anyway, I was trembling for one hour, even after I found out the news that it wasn't true. Like it took me like at least an hour to like come down. I was fucked up. I literally was like, I don't need to be a mom. I don't need to be a parent. I suck at parenting. I don't know how to talk to my kid. I was about to fucking pull her ass out of the bed. I was going to like blame her for everything. Also, I can't believe this like went on under my nose. She's living a double life. She's only eight. Like what else don't I know? It was crazy. So all that to say was the sneaking. I don't know if this card has anything to do with that, but it it says on a positive note, um, 
you know you cannot do everything at once, nor should you. Instead, you must prioritize what's important to you and direct your focus and attention on the few tasks that will move you closer to your goals. It's the 80-20. 20% of your work will account for 80% of your results, so focus on 20%. You may be able to accept some responsibilities or duties, but not all of them, or you may say yes to some projects at the expense of others. Basically, take it easy okay. and chill the fuck out. Okay. I'm trying. Okay, just ease and pleasure, ease and pleasure. Everything we want is already ours. And our kids are not talking to strange men on the internet. They don't. Our, our eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds are not living double lives. <sighs> Do we have an uh, affirmation? Trust your kids. <laughs> that's all that breathing, and that's what the fuck you got. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have to. F- okay, fine. It must be that. The affirmation is. We can add it later. Yeah, I don't know. It's not coming to me. I'm not going to force it. Okay, don't force it. Um, Anyway, don't forget to sign up for Patreon because you won't get any of this in the next few weeks. We're going off season. Come to our live show. We will be in Philadelphia on March 13th. We'll be in D.C. on March 14th. We'll be in New York on... No? Yeah. We'll be on New York on the 16th, Atlanta on the 21st, and we have special guests, and we have... And Houston on April 18th. Yes, we do. And Erica will be wearing her hat. Yeah. And I, I might be wearing my hat, too. Um, we love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye.